What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because Honestly, Arizona Small Balls is better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. It is Sunday, February 20th, and we usually release our episodes on Monday, but we wanted to give you guys as much time as possible to listen to this pod before the Elite Eight starts for the 3A and the Final Four starts for the 2A. But Reyes is here with me as always, and I feel like we should probably start this pod off by giving a huge shout-out to everybody over at Mojave Accelerated, Coach Neil, all the players there. They pulled it out. They win the championship for the 1A, and it seems like they did it in some pretty easy fashion Reyes, does this surprise you that Mojave Accelerated comes out on top of the 1A here at the end of the season? Uh, no, I'm not surprised whatsoever. I mean, we pretty much talked about this from the beginning of the season, and even like a little bit during the summer. Uh, even though Mojave Accelerated did lose to North Valley, we knew that they would come back, and all of them are, you know, they're veterans, they're seasoned, they got everything. They have everything right. Coach Neal's done a great job putting them in all these tough tournaments, just getting them ready for this moment, and they – did what they needed to do, and they fulfilled that empty, I don't know, hole, I guess you can say, from last year. Empty milk carton, maybe. Empty milk carton. (laughs) (laughs) For for all of you guys who, if you are a Mojave Accelerated fan, if you're just an Arizona small ball fan, you need to go back and re-listen to our first episode of this season, one of the first episodes of our season, where we had Coach Neal on the show, and he gave us a lot of the the behind-the-scenes with these kids from Mojave Accelerated. This is a unique, special group. They've played together for ever since they were, what was it? Do you remember? Wasn't it like fifth grade or sixth grade? I think it was like fourth. I I want to go back a little bit further. I think it was like fourth. Yeah, maybe like fourth or fifth, I think it was. Like, and they were like all in a little like youth team or like the YMCA, whatever they had going down there at Mount or over in Mojave. So I think, you know, it's pretty cool that they were growing up in the grassroots and just kind of stayed with it. It's really unique. And You know, we can relate to that because, you know, just coming from a small school and where you have all these other bigger schools around where people tend to like to go to those schools instead, when you finally get a group that kind of all chooses to go to the same place and they have a lot of success, it's super special. So thinking about how cool that is, especially Coach Scott Neal winning it with his son, Josh Neal, who was playing on a torn ACL from what we understand. Really cool. Really quick, we just wanted to talk about some of the teams that they beat on their road to, as you would say, Reyes, the ship. I saw your post on Twitter about you had a little ship emoji. I'm, I'm just telling you, I wasn't crazy about it. I don't know why you're not crazy about it, but you mean you <laughs> got to hop on the ship, literally. Oh, I see what you do. I like that. You, you like that. You know what I'm saying? They said Mojave had a pretty tough uh, road, and you're about to tell it right now. Yeah, Mojave had some great matches on the way to the championship. They had a big win over Desert Christian in the first round, 55-47. And they had a huge win over Mogollon, 56-53. And then at the very last game in the championship, they beat Tempe Prep, 67-51. to They were the number one and the number two seeds. They both make it there to the end. And Mojave Accelerated does good. Something I did want to highlight 
is because Josh Neal was hurt for most of the ending part of the season, Tyson Banks really stepped in and was putting up some big numbers. If I remember right, it was like 17 and 10. He was consistently playing really big for them inside and just really filling that role for them. So huge congrats to you, Scott Neal, and to all the Mojave Accelerated fans and, and that ball club. You guys did awesome, and it must feel really nice to get a championship, man, especially after losing it last year. So huge shout-out to them. Yeah, shout out to you guys. You know, congrats. And like I said, uh, hopefully we'll see what happens in the near future. But, you know, just enjoy the moment and just have fun. As our head coach, the GOAT, always says, there's only one team that gets to end their season the way they want to. And it was Mojave Accelerated. So really cool. We're going to move on to the 3A. And with the 3A, man, the the – Sweet 16 was wild. There was a ton of great games. And I feel like in looking at the 3A, we probably should start with the craziest of the games. In my opinion, it's by far the best game of the 3A playoffs so far. Maybe even of all the playoffs in Arizona small ball. It was Chin Lee at Fountain Hills. And Reyes, we started off really good with our records. And then I know I tanked really bad this second round. But Chin Lee, Fountain Hills, who did you have winning this game? So I missed. I want the- you to tell me who. who uh, I miss- hey, 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 hey! I'm about to get. I'm about to get to it. You know, I missed the mark, but overall for round two, I'm pretty good. You did good. I, I did. I think I missed two. So I mean, I missed three because I I was pretty outlandish with the Reds team with Chin Lee and Monument Valley, but I had Chin Lee beating Fountain Hills by like eight or six or some of that. Clearly, I was wrong. I was right about one thing, though. It wasn't a home game for Fountain Hills. It was a home game for Chin Lee. For anybody that was watching that game, Chin Lee p- packed the house. I might have to post that picture on Twitter tonight. We probably have to because it was amazing to see. Like, just the the support that these res teams get is just amazing to see. It's like no other, you know what I mean? If I'm being honest, like, they'll literally shut down their town and just go pack out gyms. Like, for those teams that are still in the playoffs in the 3A, even the girls – you know, division stuff. I don't even cover them, but I'm pretty sure that Finlay Toyota Center is going to be sold out or close. What were the numbers that you said about the Alchese tickets? Like how many they sold in like a couple hours? So I guess for the Alchese girls tickets, I was like told by one of my friends and stuff like that. Um, they sold Unconfirmed. Like, unconfirmed. It's not per woe, it's just per uh, ASBP. ASBP. <laughs> 1,800 tickets were sold, I think, within the first like two hours. 1,800 tickets, coach. That's bananas, dude. I mean, we barely sold, I think, like 550 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's our sellout. But they they hit 1,800, and they still had more tickets to fill, I believe. So, I mean, like I said, you were able to watch the game a little bit. I was able to see some of the people like highlight, recap a little bit of it. I know it was a dogfight for the most part. I think they went to uh, one overtime, right? No, no. It was more than that. It was crazy. And let me tell you this, okay? Actually, I'm glad you said that because I was going to bring that up. I've been giving you a hard time about, you know, you always like to say that, you know, for res teams, it's a, it's a home game. Every game is a home game for them. And I told you, you're biased because you're native. And I think you are, but <laughs> I think you are. But you're right, dude. Watching this game, Fountain Hills was hopping, okay? It was, it was crazy. It was awesome. Fountain Hills gets matched up against Chin Lee. And, and here's the thing about Fountain Hills. They're a tough matchup for anybody, but they're specifically a tough matchup for a res school that doesn't, you know, when you think about res schools, their strength 
is not really size and being able to to have a lot of strength. That's not their strength. And thinking about Fawn Hills getting matched up with Chin Lee, that was going to be a tough matchup for him. There's not really many teams in the 3A or in Arizona small ball, for that matter, that are better at running their offense and then having seals and post-ups off of screen and rolls when they get into the mismatches that they want. I mean, that's literally what they try to do. That's their whole game plan. For Fountain Hills, Reyes, who would you say, just off the top of your head, are the players of the game? Xavier, Mike, at, oh, what's that, that native kid from Fountain Hills? His name is Keaton Ort. He's one of them, number 41. He had a huge game. And maybe they're big. And then they're big, number 33, Alex. I think his last name is Reich. But let me tell you this, Xavier Mike was pretty quiet in this game. He had a brand new, he had a fresh cut. So maybe that was part of it. You know, we always say we're not superstitious, but we're a little stitious. Maybe he got a fresh was. cut. He still competed great and he did a lot of great things for him. But as far as massive offensive numbers, it just wasn't his night. Fountain Hills, because of Alex Reich, specifically number 33, this kid was doing a ton of seals and post-ups. He was killing them inside. I don't know how many points he had, but he'd get a mismatch seal. They'd put it into him, and he had that little baby hook, and he finished so many times over them. Fountain Hills actually went up 33 to 18 at one point, and it looked like they were going to pull away. I was watching this thing and being like, okay, what's going to happen? Chin Lee really ramped up the pressure in the full court. And, and we know this, that one of the things that Fountain Hills really wants to do is they want to sit in the half court and they want to run their offense. Chin Lee put so much pressure on them in the full court. They were running a diamond press. It started to bug Fountain Hills after a while, and they were able to kind of take them out of their offense. They were able to speed them up, and this really helped them come back. The game started to get chaotic, dude, like traps, steals, passes layups the crowd's going bananas i mean it was it was crazy and it's exactly the environment that chin lee wanted to play in not really the environment that fountain hills flourishes in i will say this for chin lee kylan yazi he's the player of the game he handled the ball he scored he defended the kid's tough i know that you've seen him before i think no yeah i've seen him play a little bit here and there i know that i think if i'm not mistaken i think he's like the leading scorer over there uh uh, Chin Lee. I remember Coach Mendoza uh, mentioning him a little bit, saying that you know because of that COVID year, you know he had to take a year off pretty much. You know, so he was that. He think about he was a JV kid at the time, and now he's playing varsity, and he led Chin Lee to a 12 seed. You know, playing his number five Fountain Hills, and regardless, even though they lost by two, you can just see you know the way his game was that you can tell that he can definitely you know put score the basket, you know guard you 94, you know just the full court. I mean, great player overall. And honestly, I, I watched him earlier in the season. I wasn't super impressed watching him now. I mean, he is literally like Xavier Mike for Chin Lee. I mean, he, he does it all for them. He's really good. I mean, man, Chin Lee's just got like, they just got great hands. They get in the passing lanes great in that pressure. I mean, they're just built for that, man. They're awesome. He, he, I want you to follow the trend of this game as it starts to go towards the end because it got kind of crazy, okay? Chin Lee puts on that full court pressure. It really helps them come back and they start to do some really good stuff. They're down by two. There's like three seconds left. I don't know who it was because the camera was facing the wrong way. They score a field goal, a two-point field goal to tie the game at the buzzer. Place is going crazy. It's going bananas. I'm all into this, man. I'm like, dude, this is a sweet game. After this, they go into the first overtime. And honestly, Chin Lee was in complete control. They had the game won. I thought it was over. Like, it was to the point where some of the Chin Lee players were going towards their fan section and doing, like, the hand-waving thing, and everybody starts oh. cheering. It was like that. I mean, they had it in the, in the bag. 
Here's the problem, though. Missed free throws. They got fouled, and they just they couldn't finish it with free throws. They had a couple turnovers, and it kind of left the door open for Fountain Hills. Now, here's the thing. They get caught in this uh, scenario where, and we know how Fountain Hills is in inbounds play and pressure situations. It's the first overtime. Uh, Fountain Hills is down by three. They run this play, and again, one of the players of the game, uh, Ort, he goes and he gets this wide-open three off of this. He banks in a three at the buzzer to send them to double overtime. Again, place is going crazy. Everybody's going bananas. It's freaking awesome. Here's the thing. We go to double overtime, and I hope you're following this. Xavier Mike fouls out, so he's not playing for double overtime. Think about how that changes them. So you would think, you know. I thought it was over. I'm like, bro, he's got this in the bag. Without Xavier Mike, we've talked about this. You take him out of the game, Fountain Hills usually struggles, and it's a tough road, especially if Xavier Mike is out of the game. And Chinley didn't finish? Chinley could not finish. And here was the key in double overtime. In the second overtime, Fountain Hills just destroyed them. On the, on the offensive boards. I mean, there was a possession where they maybe got six offensive rebounds and then finished with the layup. There was another possession where they had like three offensive rebounds, a kick out, drive into a layup. I mean, that really hurt Chinley. I felt like they kind of started to get fatigued here towards the second. And then, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Fountain Hills still turned the ball over a couple times. They still missed some free throws. But because of their offensive rebounding, that's what really lifted them. Uh, Keaton also had, like, uh, uh, some really big shots here in this double overtime. He really took over when Xavier Mike wasn't out there. They're still able to pull it off. Fountain Hills win, wins in double overtime, 73-71, to 71, to advance to the Elite Eight. And here's the thing that's scary about Fountain Hills. I mean, it's a great growing experience for them to have a win like that without Xavier Mike. You would have laughed seeing him on the bench. He's sitting there on the bench with his head in his hands, and he's just like every single possession rocking back and forth, just so stressed out. Because, you know, a kid like that just wants to be in the game. The kid's just a fighter. Nothing's going to keep him out of the game. Yeah, that's tough to see. But, hey, hats off to Fountain Hills for, you know, taking that challenge, you know, beating Chin Lee. That's no easy task. I mean, I had them getting upset. I really did just because I thought Chin Lee would be able to just their pressure, just the fans. I just thought it'd just be a little bit too much of Fountain Hills. Clearly, you know, they stayed level ahead and they were able to get the job done. But now they got an interesting match. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but, you know. Let's talk about it right now. They're going to see a familiar face in the Elite Eight. They're going to see a familiar face in the Elite Eight. Uh, Northwest Christian. And the both times they matched up, Fountain Hills has always been able to handle their business against Northwest. Now, here's my question for you, putting you on the spot. Do you think... Northwest has figured it out. I'm going to say no. I think Northwest is rolling right now. They have wins over Tuba City, Yuma Catholic, which is great. I mean, they're playing really good. I think that Fountain Hills just kind of has Northwest number. And well, last year, I know Northwest was able to like split games with Fountain Hills. I think Fountain Hills just has figured out and, and Northwest is going to have a hard, hard time competing with them. Now, here's the thing. If Andrew Best, their big plays pretty good, and Logan Mosier shows up and he's, he's on his shots, I mean, yeah, they're going to be right there. But Fountain Hills has just really taken care of business with them. And for whatever reason, Mosier and Best have not had great games against them so far in the season. Can they? I think they can. But I see Fountain Hills winning this and advancing. Okay, so that's what I, I agree with you and everything. I'm not going to make some outlandish, crazy, you know, 
because like I said, I do think Fountain Hills does have Northwest's number, but like we talked about about Andrew Best, we, we talked about it earlier too. Against Yuma Catholic, he got it going. You know what I mean? He stepped up pretty big. Like I said, they beat Tuba City, they beat Yuma Catholic. Northwest is kind of on a roll right now, for being honest. As far as like matchup wise, I know uh, Fountain Hills, they, um, they you know they were able to get the bye, so their first game was Chin Lee, but you know Northwest has been constantly just playing just tough competition. So I think they'll be a little bit more challenged. I think it'll be a close game. I'm going to say Fallon Hills by at least like eight. I think I, I think it's going to be closer too. I agree with you on that. Because the last two games, if you look at the score spread, it wasn't close. It I was mean, a, it wasn't a competition. It was like 20, 30 plus. No, it was like, it was like 25, 20, 20, 25. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you watch the game, what I'm saying is they were just kind of – they were Fountain Hills was just much better than they were on those given nights. Yeah, so you're saying that Fountain Hills already has – their ticket punch to the final four? They still got to win, obviously, but I think they're going to pull it out and win. Yeah, yes or no? It's just yes or no? Yes. Okay. I think Fountain Hills gets Northwest, and I think they advance on. Do you agree or disagree? What did you say? You you disagree, don't you? I don't no, you agree. You said Fountain Hills, huh? I say Fountain Hills. I don't know if like I say I think if Northwest, I think if they can come ready to play and Andrew Best is on, I mean, I, wanna, I would love to see just something interesting happen. I want to see Northwest just kind of like a lower seed, keep going. That'd be know? so sweet. It's just, yeah, it's kind of like a March Madness thing when the lower seed just kind of has like that crazy ride. Northwest is kind of on that right now, but I think Fountain Hills will put the put the flame out on um, the 22nd. Maybe with a fountain. Maybe. Over the hills. <laughs> okay. Another great game in the Sweet 16 was Sabino at Holbrook. You asked me this, and you put me on the spot like i don't know five weeks ago i'm gonna say the same thing to you and put you on the spot is holbrook legit yes how many times have i told you i'm the I, one that told I'm no like, don't don't do that no 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 don't do that you don't do that hey holbrook is probably one of the most red this is probably the most res team that i've seen play so far this year i mean am i wrong have you seen somebody who's more res like than them it's tough to say. Chin, would you say Chinley? Because when we said we were able to watch some film on Holbrook, Holbrook's kind of patient. You know what I mean? Do you think are they more patient than Chin Lee, or do you think Chin Lee's a little more patient? I just think that Holbrook is more free flowing, and yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just they seem a lot more res ball than some of these other teams. Not to say that they aren't, but I don't know. I, I like their what they run on offense. They, they got some good continuity offense through the high post and like some double screening action. They got, they, I mean, I honestly, in this game against Sabino, I mean, the thing that really hurt Sabino was their defense on the pick and roll. And that was all that coach Delmar had to go to. I mean, he didn't have to go to his other offensive stuff, went to the pick and roll and the, the, person defending the screener was sagging so low and then the role was there it was just pocket pass pocket pass pocket pass layup i mean they just they know how to play the basketball they're great passers and i mean i know you mentioned this but they played together for a long time yeah so um this is actually kind of like not necessarily a fun fact or anything like that but i actually it's a fun fact i think it's fun it's kind of cool like i said so for those of you who don't remember probably early in the season whatever early episodes uh i host tournaments and i host like you know local tournaments here like region tournaments and um, the one of the brothers for Holbrook's players, he coaches uh, pretty much the Holbrook, Holbrook squad during the summer. He takes them all these like, live periods. He takes them to, you know, my tournaments. You know, goes to Phoenix, goes to California. You know, he takes them all over the place. Um, so these kids have been – they've grown up together. They've played together for so long that the 
just the continuity, just the, the they gel together. They know how to play with each other. It they shows. Know, and it shows, and they know what they, they know what each other wants. You know what I mean? They know the looks. They know where where they want to get to. And so, um, yeah, that's a little fun fact. I just I know a little bit about them. So I mean, throughout the season, I was always texting, "Hey, good luck." He'd always tell me the good luck. Um, I asked him about some of his players, and he was telling me a couple of them about like how they've been doing. And um, I mean, we were able to see during that film. I believe it was number twelve. I think his name's uh, Oh, I think it's like Tapaha. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he had I think five threes against Sabino. That kid, kid was going off. I mean, unconscious. And then in earlier games against like Pace and even like Snowflake, when I was watching and stuff like that, uh, I've seen him hit like two or three. You know, and I'm not even finished with the Snowflake game. So I mean, the kid can shoot. And I think, like I said, when Snowflake dropped so low on that coverage, they were just able to just pick him apart from the threes. I mean, Holbrook was shooting really well that night. I will say. You're talking about the Snowflake game or the Sabino game? Sabino. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was a big that was a big issue. And, you know, we're watching it and thinking, like, okay, like, what else do they have on offense? They didn't have to go to anything else. I mean, they were getting everything that they wanted. Something that really stuck out to me was their passing. They passed really great. And, you know, I think that is a, such an underrated factor of really great teams just being great passers and and they have that they're going to advance on to play camp birdie in the elite eight it's going to be a great one because honestly those teams are somewhat similar if you minus camp birdie has some size on on holbrook but those teams are pretty similar as far as some of the stuff that they run some of how their guards play that's going to be a really fun matchup let's talk about thatcher versus valley and gilbert north versus coolidge Okay, what are your thoughts about these? You, are you liking Thatcher versus Valley? You think I know Thatcher had a tough game against Gilbert Christian. Gilbert Christian is going to be really good. They still got a lot of young players that are coming back next year. But what are you thinking about Thatcher and Valley Christian? Do you think Valley gets upset here? Or you think Valley's going to the Final Four? Um, you know, this is where I make my outlandish. As you know, it's funny. Every time I doubt Valley, they just prove me wrong. Every time. But I think I don't know why I just keep trying to challenge them. No, actually, last round I actually went for them. I went I went for them against Alar one actually. So never mind. Um, I, I like I like how Thatcher's projecting right now. They had a, I don't want to say a tune up game, but they, they had a tune up game against Parker. You know they were able to take care of them. Then they you know meet a really tough team in Gilbert Christian, and they you know were able to battle. I think went by eight, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, sixty six to fifty eight. And now they meet the cream of the crop, pretty much, you know, the number one team in the conference. And I think since these two haven't met each other in, like, in any sort of fashion, um, I like Thatcher's chances against Valley Christian. Um, I know we saw him in the fall, but that's totally different. But even now, like, they went to double overtime of Coolidge, which is arguably one of the best teams in the conference as well. I just like their chances. I like the size they have. I think they're able to match up pretty well against Valley Christian. They got some guards that can play a little bit. And I think they'll be able to meet Caleb Shaw's physicality so that he won't be able to be so dominant, especially in the paint. I think that because we know we've seen Valley play a couple of times when they drop in, when they drop into that zone, Caleb Shaw tends to be the middle guy. And so I think that Thatcher will be able to game plan just to find a way to draw him out and make respect to where that they may be able to work inside a little bit more. So I'm gonna go and say I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say Thatcher wins by three against Valley Christian. I think Valley Christian wins against Thatcher. I, I agree with everything you're saying. Like everything you're saying is spot on. I think Thatcher's gonna be tough, and 
you know, their games against Coolidge are not something to just kind of brush off to the side. I like them a lot. I just think Valley Christian has a little bit more than they do. And I, I think it's going to be close. I think Valley wins by about five here. I think they're going to advance to the final four as well. And that's going to be a fun matchup seeing them in the final four. And I mean, again, just seeing Caleb Shaw play, it's going to be a lot of cool. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of great, great basketball being played there. So we got, you got Thatcher. I got Valley. Yeah. Okay. I have Thatcher. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. Hopefully it'll help me out a little bit. Okay. Let's move on to Gilbert North and Coolidge. This, this is a good matchup. This is a tough one. What are you thinking about this one? Who you got? Uh, it's so tough just because of the different uh, playing styles of the two. You know, Gilbert North has an electric offense, but so does Coolidge. Coolidge is a little bit more of like a free flow offense, you know. They just kind of like let whatever comes to them. I know I always forget his name, but they, don't they have like a 6'4 standout? Yeah, Mark Clegg. Yeah, I know he's been doing work for Coolidge. Coolidge is athletic. They're pretty big. They're um, – they're uh, physical, you know, they've been able to run and gun some teams. But so can LA Gilbert North. I know they have some size. They have a really good guard in Dylan Novak. Um, I like the way he's been playing this whole season. I know they got that transfer kid. Um, I like this matchup, but I do believe I'm going to go ahead and say Coolidge beats LA Gilbert North. And I I don't even think I, – I, I think these games are going to be pretty close. I would say Coolidge by six. I have Coolidge as well, but I got Coolidge by about 12. I think it's going to be a little bit more. I think Coolidge is – they're just tough, man. They, they've got a little bit more than Ayla Gilbert North does. They've got size. They've got athleticism. They've got strength. They're just going to be a really tough matchup for them. They're going to be a tough matchup for anybody. I got Coolidge advancing by about 12. Okay. I like that. I'm not, I'm not upset about that. I'm not upset about that. I like how you always say that. I'm not upset about that. I'm not upset about it. Well, I'm not. I mean, it's just true. I mean, one of these times, I just want you to say, I'm super upset about what you just said. That would be funny. Anybody that's stupid by 12, <laughs> get really mad. No, I think it'd be a great matchup between the two teams. Man, like this quarterfinals, I want to go back and tell them some of our earlier pod, and I want to see what we said for our way too early predictions because I feel like we were kind of. What do you mean early predictions? The, the one that we're way off on is Coolidge. We didn't see Coolidge coming up and being how they are. Yeah. We probably didn't see Holbrook coming up and being how they are. No, yeah, I agree. We did pick Thatcher. We did pick Fountain Hills. I mean, we're, we're kind of there. ALA Gilbert North, not really. But again, yeah, got to take into account Gilbert Christian lost Albert Wilson. So, you know. No, I agree with you. I agree. I agree. There you go. I finally said that. I've said it like a lot of times this episode too, believe it or not. So it's kind of funny <laughs> to think about. All right. So either way, I mean, the three A games have been awesome. They've been really good for the most part. They've been really close and competitive and it's just going to be exciting to see how this Tuesday shakes out. Answer me this. Do you think that playing in the Toyota center, do you think that that is going to affect some kids that have maybe never played in an arena like that? Yes, I do. Um, it's just different from, a, you know, a, a normal high school gym, especially your own. Because think about it, the past, what, two playoff games, if you weren't – I'll share that by. Um, you've been playing at home, you know, so obviously your crowd's going to be rocking and stuff like that. But you're playing at the Finlay Toyota Center, which is a beautiful, cool setup. I really like it. But the times are kind of hard because, you know, it's kind of during the middle of the week, during the work day, so maybe your fans will show up, maybe not. 
kind of like a little empty arena. So it's just a different feel. It's bigger. Uh, the court might feel a little bit smaller or bigger to you, depending on how you look at it. Um, if you're not used to playing in big stages or stuff like that, I think it would be kind of challenging for some kids. Uh, I think for like teams like Holbrook, I think for teams like uh, Valley Christian, even Thatcher and all the, a couple of some, like, yeah, those three teams, I think they're kind of used to being in that like limelight. Well, Chin Lee probably more than the others, right? At Chin Lee and Holbrook? Chin Lee, Holbrook. Um, yeah, pretty much those teams. They're, they're kind of used to just being there and just being ready to perform. Because, I mean, think about it. Pretty much the whole fan base there is pretty much all those red schools. Those, like, it doesn't even matter if you're going for Holbrook. They'll stay and just root because you're native, which is really cool. So, hmm. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Also interesting to see, if you're a player listening to this, you got to think about, what makes you feel most comfortable? What makes you feel like you can perform at your best version of yourself? Whatever it is that you need to do, do it. So that way you can perform at a high level because you never want to not do well because you're nervous or because of, of the place that you're at because it's insignificant. If you, can, if you can play, you can play. So I think that's something that players and coaches need to take into account. How are we going to make our kids feel pretty comfortable in this area, in this arena? It's going to be good. Okay, we're going to move on to the final four in the 2A. But before we do, check this out. Okay, let's move on to the final four in the 2A. Okay, so the final four in the 2A, Phoenix Christian versus Rancho, Pima versus Scottsdale. Whereas we made our early predictions about the final four in the 2A. There's been some great games in the 2A, honestly. Which team are you kind of disappointed to not see here in the final four? I got one. I got one, two. I got two, actually. Okay, who you got? Um, no, I, uh, it's tough. Uh, I really wanted to see Arizona Lutheran in the Final Four. I really did. Like I said, we talked about it all pretty much this whole season, the beginning, before the preseason. This was their year. And like I said, you know, they met Rancho. They met a really well-rounded Rancho, obviously, mm-hmm. especially with uh, their best kid back, Noe, Noe Vargas. Um, I mean, it's just tough to see, you know, in those quarters. But, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. You got to be able to somehow find a way. And, obviously, you know, Rancho was just better that night. What was that score spread? Do you remember? Uh, 50 to tw- uh, fifty to 30, so a 20-point game. Mm. Um, I really want to see Arizona Lutheran in. I really w- – I'm, I'm not surprised about Trivia and Prep. Let's just get that across the way. I think they're a really good team. But just kind of the way they were this season, like, I don't know. I just wasn't really a surprise. But for some reason, even though I wanted Phoenix Christian in – I really want a Highland prep to make it just because mm. they kind of made some noise this year, honestly. So they were kind of out of the blue. So I think, I think it would have been pretty cool if they made the final four, but the one that really hurts me is probably Arizona Lutheran. I feel you, man. It was tough because I've loved Phoenix Christian has been one of my favorite teams to cover this year. Highland prep. I loved seeing how well they did and they're both great teams. I wanted them both to be in this when they got matched up against each other. I was a little bit bummed out. I was really probably most surprised and disappointed with Arizona Lutheran. I was really hoping that they could really, and you know what they say about championships. If you want a good road to championship, obviously you have to have a great team, but for most schools, you got to have a stroke of luck as well. You know, you got to get good matchups and getting matched up with Rancho and the elite eight. That's just a tough one, you know, and you know, you hope to see a team like that all the way up into the championship, but that just doesn't happen all the time. So, yeah, I agree with you with Highland Prep and all that. That was an interesting matchup. And, I mean, we got to talk about Phoenix Christian for a second, okay, because one of their players tagged me in a story, like one of the most underrated teams in in the conference. 
I agree with them, man. And when you talk about the turnaround that Phoenix Christian has had from this year compared to last year, Reyes, take a guess as to how many wins, how many wins Phoenix Christian had last year. I want to say they were below 11. Well, it was a short year, right? It was a shorter year. Mm-hmm. Below 10? Very much below 10. Give me a number. Five. Five? So if I remember right, they won six games last year. Oof. Okay. Yeah, six games. Uh, they weren't great. They, they, they just struggled in a lot of different areas. To look at the turnaround from that year to this year, and the growth of some of their kids, like Tommy Randolph was on that squad last year, and looking at how much better he's gotten from freshman to sophomore year. And for everybody listening to this, if you're in the two A, there's reason for concern for you because Tommy Randolph is going to be back next season. I mean, he's coming back, so and he's going to be back for two more years. And Phoenix Christian is pretty young. I got to see some of their game against Highland Prep. And it was a really, really good matchup. It was a fun game to watch. Uh, honestly, Highland Prep came out in a 2-3 for the whole. And let me say this about Highland Prep. You mentioned this. They got some great players. They've also got some really great young players. They have a kid by the name of Presley Ebay. I think he's like 6-4. Crazy athletic. Crazy strong. He's just a sophomore. And this kid could get up. I mean, Highland Prep does a ton of dribble drive. They really try to just get into the lane and pitch out and and turn the corner and finish at the rim. And that's really what their game is. And they really like to do that. They didn't have a great shooting night against Phoenix Christian. They came out in a two, three and Phoenix Christian kind of struggled against Highland prep two, three, but they really got some good stuff off baseline drives. And even just in that short corner area, Phoenix Christian really started to pull away in the third quarter. And they had some kids that really did some great stuff for them. Uh, they, They compete really hard and they have some kids that they have a lot of kids that can go i want to pull up their roster here just so i can highlight some of these kids that i remember because some of their kids man they got some great athletes i know you mentioned that a couple times but they've got number 20 micah carter who hit some really great floaters for them in the lane those were things that really helped them against the 2-3 zone is when they were able to dribble and penetrate really struggled when they were you know, uh, just passing along the perimeter and not getting into penetration. Micah Carter really helped them with that. And he shot a lot of floaters in the lane that helped them. Obviously, 22, Tommy Randolph was tough for them, had some great layups, even hit a couple threes. And then also you have 44, Bryce Anderson. This kid's tough. He's 6'5". He was on their roster last year, but this kid can get up. He's really athletic. I also want to say this, okay? Uh, Their center, number zero, Colin. I don't know how to say his last name. Kathamol? Kathamol? I'm just going to say Colin. This kid maybe doesn't pass the eye test, but the kid can hoop, man. He can shoot the ball. He's versatile. He can take you off the bounce. He uses his pump fakes really good there in the in the low post. I mean, the kid is tough. He took some really good charges for them, made some great plays from down the stretch. Really love Phoenix Christian, and this game was great. They pulled away in the third quarter, and Highland Prep had a hard time coming back from that. Okay, let's talk about these matchups, okay? You got Phoenix Christian and Rancho, Pima and Scottsdale. Let's start with Phoenix Christian and Rancho because we just talked about Phoenix Christian. Who do you got advancing? Do you think, because I think the term you were thinking about earlier was a Cinderella team. It's a team that's that's not necessarily supposed to be there, but they're there and, and they're doing really well. Do you think that Phoenix Christian Cinderella story comes to an end in the final four or do you think that they continue to advance? Against Rancho. I think 
it's tough because we've seen them against a Scottsdale Christian three times or twice. Uh, I think two times. And in those games, if I'm not mistaken, they were up in those games kind of later. In the last one. The, the first one they weren't, but in the last one they were. The last one they were up and they had like four minutes left. I think with, with these two teams, it's going to come down to who coaches better and who puts them in the better position. Because, like I said, Phoenix Christian was able to be up against Scottsdale Christian, but I just don't think that they were able to be put in the right positions and then Scottsdale was able to capitalize. And then, you know, Coach Anderson does a great job of just, like, you know, putting his, like, just putting his players in the right place, setting them up for success. And that's how they were able to beat Phoenix Christian such a close game. I think Phoenix Christian uh, athletically will match up pretty well with Rancho, honestly. I think Rancho's going to have a pretty tough time guarding Tommy Randolph and a couple of other guards. But I think overall, I agree with that. I mean, they're going to be a tough matchup for anybody, including Rancho. I think Phoenix Christian gets Rancho a run for their money, but I do think that Rancho, we're going to see Ranchos in the final. I wouldn't be like I said. Don't be surprised if you do see Phoenix Christian. I'm just saying, if it comes down to the wire, I just like Rancho's chances better than I do Phoenix Christian's chances. I mean, for for a couple of reasons. I mean, they've been there a lot more. You know, they 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 have experience in that. I agree with you. I have Rancho beating Phoenix Christian as much as it hurts me to say because those kids over at Phoenix Christian, I just love how they play. I love, I just, I love their squad. They're awesome. And their story this year has been one of my favorites to follow. But I will say that I think Phoenix Christian is maybe like, like a year away from, you know, competing against Rancho. And I don't even, I shouldn't even say competing. I, I mean, beating Rancho. Phoenix yeah. Christian is is going to give them a run for their money. I say it's going to be Rancho by three. I think it's going to be a very close game because these kids are going to be amped up and they're going to be ready to go. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that, too. You know, hashtag I agree. Uh, I think it's going to be a really close game. And like I said, I just can't wait for this matchup. I'm more excited for this matchup than I am the next matchup. If I'm going to be honest, I just like the dog in Phoenix Christian. You know what I mean? They're, I know, man. They're a true underdog, but they don't see themselves as that. They think they're the best team on the court, which you should be. You should think that way. And I just like that confidence they carry with them. And I think that, you know, come February 25th, we'll find out at Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Ooh, I like that little plug. It sounds like you're sponsored by them or something. I know we're not. Uh, If you want to pay us, pay us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to the next game. And this one, this is going to be good TV. You got Pima versus Scottsdale. Now, what makes this more interesting than anything, Reyes? What makes this more interesting? Yeah, what makes this game so interesting? Do you remember what happened at the very end of the year? I don't. Oh, my God. Why can't I remember? <gasps> you don't remember? No, I don't remember. Dude, I can't. I'm going to give you know. a second to remember. You, you got some time here. I'm, I'm oh seeing all these God. algorithms going around your head. Didn't they play in Scottsdale one by five? Nope. You're remembering that wrong, sir. Am I remembering that wrong? You are remembering that wrong. Oh my god. I dude, I I'm don't tell me. I want to no, just tell me because I don't want to look it up and cheat. Just tell I me. I was gonna say, don't cheat. February 5th. <gasps> I just saw it. I just saw now it. Now you so remember. T- How did you forget that? I, we went crazy over it. I told you, <laughs> we went crazy. You're like, oh my god! So that's why that's why I think this game is extremely interesting because 
we're very close to seeing the matchup in the finals that we predicted, Rancho and Scottsdale. But Pima's going to have something to say about it. I mean, watching that game, that was not a fluke. Pima is the real deal. They've got some really great wins under their belt. Look at just the score spread of teams that they played. Scottsdale Prep, they beat them 60-23 to 23 in the first round. Santan Charter, they beat them 53-25. to 25. And oh, I'm talking about, I'm sorry, I'm reading, uh, what's it called? Scottsdale's. Let's look at Pima's. Okay, Pima beats Miami 63 to 51, Trivium Prep 55 to 41. So, I mean, they're playing better teams and they're competing a lot better. Now they're at Scottsdale Christian. I don't know, man. It's going to be a good one. Who you got in this? Because this is 50 50. This is going either way. So I got to say, I mean, I, I got, I was going to say, you got to stay true to who you said. So I got to stay true to that. I totally forgot because I remember when Pima did beat them early in the year. I remember when you like questioned me all this and that, and I was like not hesitant, but I was like, that's eh, whatever. Uh, I'm a Robert Scottsdale still. I think Coach Anderson, you know, game plan. I think he's seen Pima. I'm pretty sure he's. It's kind of like the Valley Christian. Obviously, this one wasn't as a fluke, but it's kind of like the Valley Christian. Ali Gilbert North. Gilbert North beats him at or beats Valley. They meet again. Valley just hand not handles, but takes care of business against Gilbert North. So I think Scottsdale will be able to, I think it'll kind of repeat itself. And I think Scottsdale beats Pima. And I think Scottsdale beats Pima. I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to say Scottsdale by 12. By 12? By 12. You're feeling kind of kind of daring right now, huh? I'm feeling a little daring right now. I'm not going to say plus 20 because I don't think so. I would say Scottsdale by 12. Why not? They've been in this, they've been in this light before. I'm not saying Pima has it, but they, Scottsdale's been down this road so many times. Um, I just like their chances, honestly. When it comes down... Like I said, during that state championship game last year against Rancho, Scottsdale was down. They found a way to win. I think they're going to find a way to win against Pima, and you'll see him in the finale. I hate to say this, Reyes. I agree with you. I think think Scottsdale's going to pull it out. I don't think it was a fluke, and I think this is going to be a closer game than what you think. I think it'll be like a seven-point game. I think Scottsdale's going to be extra fired up. Sometimes losing to a team – helps you a lot and sometimes that's the extra motivation that you need i mean you know scottsdale's not going to forget that pima handed them this big time loss at their place you know on the road they're not going to forget that so you guarantee they're going to be amped up and fired up for this game so any type of i don't know what the word is i guess it's lackadaisical any type of lackadaisical effort that they were maybe giving in the past you better believe that's not going to be there because not only are they playing to not go home but they're also playing to, to get some revenge, and I think that they will. I expect Garrison Sherman to have a big night, and I just I think it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a great one to watch, though. It's going to be a ton of fun. I think I think it's be so fun to watch. Um, I know, like I said, we we talked about some of Pima's. You know, they have a couple of guards that can play. They have a six five junior. Um, you know, they have a six six junior as well. Pierce Ashby, uh, Grant Ashby. So you have the Ashby brothers. I think Ashby is the key to all this because thinking back to that game against Scottsdale, Ashby had a huge game. He was hitting threes. He was hitting runners, floaters. The kid was a stud. If he can have that kind of a game again, why not? You know, Scottsdale's going to have a hard time. If he can't put up those numbers again, though, you know. That's what I'm saying. So, and that, so I think before like we end this segment, I believe that if, um, how do I say this? If Phoenix Christian can figure out a way if Phoenix Christian can find out, figure out a way to, you know, just keep. You the, mean Scott Christian? No, I'm, I'm talking about both. I'm going I'm to go back and forth. Okay. So 
So I think if Phoenix Christian keep the gas pedal on against Rancho, I see Phoenix Christian winning. That's just facts. I think they let up or, you know, they can't just have these costly turnovers, you know. You know, it's too it's too late in the season to where you just can't afford that. And then with Pima, if they have the night they did against Scottsdale at their place, I can see Pima beating Scottsdale. I'm going to go ahead and say Scottsdale and Rancho in the finale, but I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if it was a Pima and Rancho. I'm just saying. I don't think Rancho gets upsetted, but I can see Scottsdale. I love Scottsdale and I'm riding for them still. But I'm just saying, like, if it was a wonky, like, bracket flip, I think Scottsdale would be the one to fumble the bag on that. It's going to be a ton of fun. And we talked about seeing this matchup. If we get to see it again, how fun is that going to be? I hope it's a more exciting game than the last game that they played in the regular season when it was just like a 2-3 and, you know, everybody was shooting terrible that night. I hope it's better than that. But either way, the Final Four is going to be amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. I agree. I agree. Okay, is there anything else we want to talk about before we get out of here? I think that's it, man. You know, like I said, you know, shout out to you teams that are still in it and, you know, just trying to find a way to win and trying to get to that, you know, to the ship. Yeah, everybody's trying to get there, you know what I mean? Like our the GOAT says, like Coach Loretta mentioned obviously before, only one team gets to end the season they want to. And if you guys are still in the playoffs, man, just kudos to you and just keep grinding and, you know, we'll figure out who – who is the king of the small ball in their respective division in the 3A and 2A on, you know, February 26th? Should be fun. And in the 3A, and this is this is interesting. This is what we've been telling our squad. In the 3A, there's only eight teams left. In the 2A, there's only four teams left. Okay? I mean, you got to think about that. Like, if you're still alive in the playoffs, this is impressive. And you got to hold on to that. And, and don't let it slip because not many teams get that opportunity. It's an honor being in the playoffs and, and to be competing and doing really well and to be in the conversation for a championship. So it's just been a ton of fun. And I'm excited for this week. It's going to be – I think it's going to be better than this past week. Yeah, I think it'll be exciting too, man. It's like I said, you know, this is the last week of, you know, small ball basketball as far as the AIA says. But, you know, come April 2nd, you know, Feel free for these teams that are listening, whatever. You know, we're having a small ball challenge. You know, you can shoot us an email at azsmallballpod.gmail.com. And like I said, we want you teams to get there. We want to be in a fun, positive environment. And we just want to give you guys exposure and just have a great time, honestly. So like I said, I just want to put that plug in there real quick. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Arizona Small Ball Podcast. If you want to be involved in our online communities, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We've got all those things. And if you listen to the show, you roll with us every single time, and you want to show some support other than just listening or hitting like on a post, go to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. That kind of stuff helps us so much. We hope you guys have a great week. Good luck to all of those players and coaches that are losing sleep like crazy getting ready for games. And we'll catch you next time.